No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. This is a safe place, okay? You're on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast with Austin Gale and Ben Brown, but we're recording this right after an absolute travesty of a game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. Ben, Gardner Minshew did not live up to expectation. LaVisca Chenault Jr. did not live up to expectation. Anybody that was betting the Jags minus three had any Gardner Minshew props for the over, any LaVisca Chenault props, fantasy football leagues, DFS lineups, they did not deliver, Ben. They did not deliver. Yeah, I mean, undrafted free agent James Robinson was about the only one that delivered for the Jaguars tonight, which is, I guess, good for some people. Yeah, it was uh, not as quality of a game as I unfortunately expected. I was hoping that Gardner Minshew would at least come through a little bit um, there, even towards the end, even like his interception in the garbage time was kind of a crusher too from a props perspective so I don't know it was kind of disappointing all around there were definitely some decent takeaways though I think from the Thursday night football game I mean Miles Gaskin I mean he's getting workhorse type touches here coming out of that backfield so it was interesting to see that split a little bit I think Matt Breida and Jordan Howard are essentially um, not involved whatsoever of course Jordan Howard's kind of getting a little bit of those goal line carries but other than that I mean Miles Gaskin 27 touches basically wasn't necessarily all that efficient with him after the first drive but uh he looked pretty good I think Ryan Fitzpatrick of course looked good which I think is maybe a little disappointing from people who want to see Tua take a Viola just a little bit sooner than uh I guess we're probably going to at this point but this kind of looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick's team and I do think Miami Dolphins are probably uh looking like a pretty decent backdoor cover opportunity here for the rest of the season at this point. So Yeah, with Miles Gaskin, I mean, 22 carries for 66 yards, that's just a three yards per carry average. But I think the volume you speak to is super important because he also had five receptions on five targets for 29 yards. Like they're looking like they're going to hammer this kid out of Washington. I think he's a second year back and continue to give him the volume. The unfortunate part is he has a vulture on the bench by the looks of Jordan Howard, who comes in in goal line situations to steal those touchdowns away. So that's always going to be a bit of con- a bit of a concern. So this game ended 31-13 in favor of the Miami Dolphins. Gardner Minshew finished 30 for 42, 275 yards and a pick. Four sacks as well, including a sack fumble. Like this was a very bad fantasy star, even though Matthew Barry was screaming as him as a quarterback one. Ian Harditz, our very own, was screaming as a quarterback one. Everyone 
was on the the mustache the mustache hype train. We just did not deliver against what is a bad Miami Dolphins defense that was without Byron Jones. I mean, I think you have to factor in the short week. You have to factor in. I think Brian Flores simply outcoached Jay Gruden in this game, and that the, the, that combination of factors led to a really poor performance for Gardner Mitchell. Gardner Mitchell. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I, I think just like the four sacks aspect was huge, but I would like to see his actual pressure percentage he was coming out. So that'll be something I'm definitely going to monitor tomorrow morning because he just seemed like he was under pressure essentially the majority of the time. He did have 42 dropbacks, which, I mean, is a significant amount. But, I mean, he's targeting James Robinson six times, you know, Chris Thompson five times. So 11 of his 30 attempts basically went towards running backs with not very far average depth of target down the field. So I don't know. This offense just seemed to take a significant step back. I don't necessarily think that was that much to do with DJ Chark being out, but I do think, you know, obviously that has some effect on their overall offense. So I don't know. They didn't actually. It was definitely the offensive line. It was the offensive line. I mean, outside right. of Juwan Taylor, I think there was a lot of problems with this offensive line. And this is a bad Miami Dolphins pass rush. The problem is, is Brian Flores was dialing up the blitz with Kyle Van Oy, Van Winkle, and company to really, really effectively. And then obviously you have Cam Robinson leave the game because he was throwing ref's hands off the pile. And then the, uh, I think it was Will Richardson Jr. comes in. He has a false start. He has a hold. And it, and honestly really struggles right out of the gate. Like Gardner Mitchell was running for his life for both majority of this game. I am interested in your opinion of Gardner Mitchell moving forward. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is in a position to be trailing a lot of games not tonight but i think moving forward and could be a fantasy option a streamer option but some people were talking about gardner Minshew as a legitimate quarterback two in, in two qb leagues and quarterback one in some matchups did not prove that tonight what's your opinion of gardner Minshew moving forward in, in redraft leagues dfs etc yeah i mean i definitely definitely think he took a step back today i know that he's he's more of a guy that i like from a betting perspective than actually starting a fantasy football league so i do think from that regard, I don't really think he's probably that playable, unfortunately. There's just not a ton of opportunities as far as weapons around him. Of course, James Robinson is, you know, playing well for an undrafted free agent running back, but I don't necessarily think he's really offering that much upside. Of course, with DJ Chark not in as well, there's just a limited amount of people in place that are going to make plays for him on the outside. I think people expected LaVisha Chanel to be able to do that tonight. And of course, you know, four or five receptions essentially for 33 yards. So he didn't necessarily get the ball that often either, but I'm not necessarily buying into Gardner Mishu as like a worthwhile fantasy streaming option, unless you're going to get, you know, a plus matchup, which is kind of what we expected tonight. And that really didn't pan out. So yeah. I think in the majority of the games going forward, he's just, he's, he's not necessarily playable. So I think he's more of a uh, type of guy that you're going to need to see some more from first before you actually committing uh, to any of your fantasy leagues at this point. So with him too, I, I do think the matchup, uh, obviously the weapons is important, but also he's not going to finish with a high average depth of target this season. They're going to have to grind out drives to actually put, you know, footballs in the end zone. Also, it's not really an offense built for explosive plays. Like outside of DJ Chark, there isn't, and DJ Chark and the Miska Chanel, like there aren't a lot of big playmakers that could turn that even James Robinson's kind of a log, you know, this guy, like he does break tackles and he had a couple good jump cuts in this game, but like, honestly, he's not going to be a guy that's breaking long runs after the catch either. He's a little bit of a slower back coming out of Illinois or Illinois state, whichever one it was, but the undrafted free agent looked good tonight with two touchdowns. That'll help his fantasy points. How did we look on a props perspective? The PFF player props tool, I think had value on the under for Gardner Minshew's touchdown passes, which obviously hit because he hit a goose egg there. Outside of that, what other props were you on uh, using PFF's props tool? 
Yes, we also had Ryan Fitzpatrick under 0.5 interceptions. Of course, he was basically perfect, 18 to 20, 160 yards. So he was very efficient. I think he was like 11 for 11 to start the game or something. So something motivated Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know if it was all the talk about Gardner Minshew potentially being, you know, this his quote-unquote replacement or something like that. But I guess when you come at the king, you best not miss. And I think Gardner, Gardner Minshew unfortunately missed tonight. Um, we liked Ryan Fitzpatrick's interception under that hit we did also like Gardner Minshew's under interception that of course kind of got uh hit the over and basically the garbage time which is sort of unfortunate initially when I actually wrote up my player props piece we had Miles Gaskin under um his rushing yards which he got eight carries basically in that first drive and was essentially knocking on the door doorstep for over on that so that didn't hit but we were all over James, Rob- James Robinson's over reception yards as well that was one of the best bets we had on the board and that was uh, basically paid off by James Robinson's first target. So that was good. Some of the other ones, uh, we weren't necessarily that high um, on Chenault's player props, which was kind of good. I think that actually ended up paying off in the end. So and then Tyler Eifert, who kind of looks to me like he's still running with a limp or something out there. So he's obviously not a downfield threat either. We were both, we were on his under, under two and a half receptions, with which hit and under, I think it was 23 yards. So that also hit. So it was a pretty decent day as well. We have made it just a, couple tweaks in regards to how we're um, modeling some of the things to surround with how much scoring has been going on to start the NFL season but um, from the from a props perspective it's actually been quite good I think uh, to start the season so I just need to pull through get a few of my better um, plays written up as well unfortunately mm-hmm. we did one last one that we did like Ryan Fitzpatrick over 13.5 rushing yards I was looking at some stuff today. I had Eric Eager chirping in my ear, just right up that Ryan Fitzpatrick over rushing yards. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not feeling great about it at this point. (laughs) I didn't write it up. And then he basically crushed it on the first first rushing yard. And it was one of those where I had to go back to Eric. And I was like, you know, should have done it, man. I should have listened to you. I'm sorry. But we're all still learning here to start the 2020 season. So there's a lot of new information coming at us quickly. But the props tool was actually uh, quite on once again here. So it's definitely a situation that you want to be monitoring all the way up till game time. And, you know, there's just more and more opportunity coming up this Sunday. 100%. I would definitely encourage everyone to subscribe to PFF Elite. The uh, player props tool is awesome to use. In sum of Thursday Night Football between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Gardner Minshew, Big letdowns from Minshew, LaVisca Chanel, and honestly that entire offense outside of James Robinson. On the Miami Dolphins side, you know, Miles Gaskin is getting a ton of volume despite the Jordan Howard vulture. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, I, I really like the game script he's gonna get. I think I, I think he's in a I think he's a guy that in a matchup situation you can play in fantasy leagues and maybe as a guy as a backdoor cover type. Um, in, in future games as well. Moving to college football, because I love finishing our Thursday night, Friday morning betting podcast with a little look ahead to college football. I have a pick. I have a game I'm looking to bet on. But before I tell you, you give me your pick this week and what should be a decent slate of games. The SEC is back, Ben Brown. The SEC is back. We have Mississippi State. We have Mike Leach bringing his uh, air raid offense to Mississippi State, taking on the defending national championship right away. So that's kind of an intriguing game. We don't have a ton of value on you know any of the betting situations at that point, but that's definitely something I'm going to be um, looking into. I definitely want to watch that game as well. One game I do kind of like, though, is this Kentucky Wildcats at Auburn. Bo Nix is definitely a quarterback that – 
Uh, PFF hasn't necessarily graded that well throughout his college career. He's basically been, um, you know, middle of the road to worst quarterback. He has, you know, quite a few turnover-worthy plays, just doesn't have that much uh, playmaking ability from our perspective. So I'm definitely on this Kentucky at plus seven and a half line. I don't, I do really like Terry Wilson. I know he's kind of returning from that ACL tear. Um, kind of a unique situation with him, but we actually have uh, Kentucky's offense ranked better than Auburn and our opponent adjusted offensive grade. So I'm definitely buying into them as a seven and a half point favorites. We do have um, decent value on that bet. And if you're kind of looking for a long shot, uh, underdog on the money line, I think they're also playable from that perspective as well, because I'm definitely you know, not too high on Bo Nix at this point, and I think they could definitely struggle to start the season. So I'm interested to hear what bet you kind of like here. So Green Line, so in addition to the player props tool, all elite subscribers do get access to our betting dashboards, PFF, NFL, and NCAA Green Line. My pick, I'm watching Alabama take on Missouri in Missouri, and I'm looking for the under here. You can get that number at 56. You have a 1.1% edge or value on the under. These defenses are good. Nick Bolton was one of the highest-graded linebackers in 2019. Dylan Moses is a top 50, top 75 prospect on PFS board. Patrick Sertain is projected to go early in the first round. There's a ton of talent. Uh, Christian Barmore is a breakout candidate. Unless Alabama cover, you know, because obviously they're favored in this game significantly. What is it? 27 and a half right now. Unless Alabama covers that 56 by themselves – I don't necessarily see this game getting over the 56 total. And I think I want to side with Greenline in this game. What's your opinion on the under in that one? Yeah, I mean, I like the under. It seems like the majority of cash and tickets are both on the over, but a significant more percentage of that is actually on the ticket. So I do think the sharp side is kind of leaning towards the under. And I'm with you on that. If if Alabama doesn't cover this 56 points total uh, by themselves I don't really see that actually getting over so I can see them getting up by you know three touchdowns kind of winning like a 42-7 game or something like that we're essentially under so that's kind of how I see this game playing out so I'm definitely on board with that play we had an earlier play one of my favorite bets of the week I think if you were reading um you know our early week college football preview you would have been on this bet um West Virginia going to Oklahoma State I know Spencer Sanders in a walking boot hasn't necessarily practiced that well i think he was going to give it a go yesterday it really didn't go that well we saw this line move from eight and a half down to six and a half we crossed that key number seven so if you were reading that article on pff.com early in the week you were definitely already picking up some value unfortunately we're sitting at a number that really doesn't offer um too much opportunity at this point but it's still a game that i think is going to be quite good i do really like jared duds i do think that uh you know west virginia money line is a possible play here if you're still looking to get some action here on the mountaineers so that's probably my other favorite bets when i have the most action on here coming up on saturday so unfortunately the line has moved a little bit if people didn't lock it in early in the week but i definitely think it's still playable from that money line perspective if you are uh you know looking for one more of those long shot long shot wins all right i mean so. if you're turning on college football this saturday you're going to be cracking a few miller lights if you're Mil- if you're mike renner you're going to be cracking about 20 and something that you love to do on saturdays is root for a dog so i'm never going to put anyone down from just dropping some money on a money line when there's definitely value on pff green line side of things ben this has been great i always love chopping it up after thursday night i wish we had a better game to talk about i wish we had you know, Gardner Minshew lighting it up for five TDs, but you play the hand you're dealt, and the, the hand we were dealt tonight was an absolute travesty of a game from Gardner Minshew and company. But Ben, until next time, this is Austin Gale, Ben Brown, on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.